0: Metal Got you on my mind
1: and my in the air Welcome to Hair Metal Memories. We are your hosts. I am Brian. And I am Aaron. And we just want to say, once again, thanks to everybody who's been writing into to us. Uh, if you feel like doing that, um, we're at hairmetalmemoriesiowa at gmail.com, or you can message us on our Facebook page if you can find us on there. Uh, we love interacting with people. We get the nicest messages from people, and we love it. It keeps us going. Yeah, y'all are
0: pretty cool. Yeah,
1: so thanks a lot for that. Um, we, we once again have a little bit of a break in between. Uh, sorry about that. Life keeps happening. Yeah, uh, things kind of got in the way, you know. <laughs> yeah, but we have some good news. We have uh, This is uh, our ninth episode of our second season, so we're going to have one more, and that will be the end of the second season. And we have that mapped out. We know who's going to be on it and what the album's going to be. And then we're going to revamp things for the third season and with the intention of doing this more regularly.
0: Yep, and we've already kind of plotted out some of the Season 3 entries. I was looking back through our messages the other day, and I just want to say to the person who uh, recommended uh, Kix's Blow My Fuse, we very much want to do that one. Yeah. Uh, Trying. (laughs) It turns out uh, scoring an LP copy of that is not super easy. Uh, They're kind of spendy. But we're getting there, so just you know, be patient, and we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. And
1: for those who follow us on our Facebook page, you may notice that we always do a promo pick where we hold up the vinyl, and it's usually Aaron who has the vinyls. So he, yeah, maybe. He, he, he's put most of the money into into the records, mm-hmm. but uh, we we like that. We're both record collectors, and uh, and we we like to like sort of like show off the vinyl and stuff like that. So, um, so that is part of our of, of our culture, I
0: guess, or yes. part of our. We our, like records. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, so anyway we're going to be more regular and thank you for being patient with us uh and hopefully the, the next season we'll just go like boom 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 and we'll be able to crank out episodes um and you know and maintain the same level
0: of high quality if not higher because one of the things we've realized is we did the we did the math of the raw numbers of our listenership uh and it uh, really appears that more people would rather listen to us talk about music than play it um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh you know we will we will try to honor that uh desire right. <laughs> <laughs> uh today
1: we're going to talk about um the classic rat album out of the cellar
0: hell yeah
1: yeah this is one that's been on our list for quite a while and it's really good to be getting getting in there um this is came out in 1984 it's triple platinum at least i think it's probably continued to sell more copies in the meantime
0: now yeah this uh, is this is pre-sound scan uh certification so right. we don't know if it's a direct result of lab- <laughs> of sold or you know billboard yeah. magazine calling records saying what was your big mover this week huh? Yeah, so a lot, and Red had like three or four like albums
1: in a row that were all platinum sellers. They were, they were, they were kind of. Oh, the it shit. wasn't
0: until Detonator that they didn't go platinum. Yeah, that so one that's... went gold, which is somehow viewed as a failure, which is weird. But right? Still. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, but a good run. Mm-hmm. Um, so, does this pass the hair metal smell
0: test? Well, I mean, it's kind of one of the blueprints, you know. I mean, you know. Yeah. It's it's one of the albums that kind of decided how it was how it I agree was all gonna go until you know yeah until this, the end of the eighties <laughs> yeah I think
1: Rat is one of the pillars of hair metal and this is their best album so like pretty I mean unequivocally I would say yes um, so so let us know if you disagree and we'll fight you
0: yeah that's right <laughs> we'll we'll go Browns or something I'm sure Mills Lane is not busy right now yeah. he could be our ref. <laughs> uh,
1: I had a couple of current events notes on this one because I thought it was, which is we don't usually get to do. Um, no, usually uh, for especially for albums from I'm the 80s. Curious. <laughs> um, on the cover of this album is the late Tawny Catania. Ah, uh, yes, I was gonna bring that up. Yes, yeah. she did
0: just uh, recently. Uh, just, just did just recently died, didn't she? She
1: recently passed away. Um, she was also in the back for more video. Um, she was dating the Rat's guitarist Robin Crosby. And um, if you have the Rat EP,
0: time. those are her, her legs on the cover. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. She dated Robin Crosby before meeting David Coverdale and being in White Snake videos and stuff. So she's kind of like a hair metal groupie, supermodel actress, <laughs> which and is slightly a less of... hair
0: and slightly less metal. But she also huh. dated OJ Simpson. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that.
1: Um, and Robin Crosby later um, married a Playboy playmate, Lori Ann Carr, which I thought was like. Uh, uh, I mean, he you know. He's done pretty well with the ladies, He I seems guess. to have, yes. <laughs> uh, the other current event is that uh, Rat was featured recently in a Geico ad. Have and the you,
0: crazy uh, thing about that is actually pushed the single up on like the digital right. charts.
1: It's back in the top 20, which is crazy. In which the top 20 digital,
0: that's yeah. crazy in this day and age. Thus <laughs>
1: making this podcast very relevant all of a sudden.
0: Look at that. Here we are. <laughs>
1: Yeah, if you haven't seen that ad, you should go look it up. You can it's it's, it's a pretty funny ad, and it's if you're a hair metal fan uh, and you haven't seen it, it's it's just it's pretty funny. It's pretty great. Um, uh, hair metal memories favorite Jakey Lee was a member of Rat in the early days when they were called Mickey Rat.
0: And I was uh, uh, doing some digging on that. And you know who else was in their band for a little while? Who? Mark Torian. No, he was the, yeah, the singer of Bullet Boys. He was a guitar player in Rat for for a minute back in those. Days wow. when they were getting it all worked out. <sighs> wow! Yeah. And
1: uh, apparently Warren D. Martini, the the guitarist for Rat and Jakey Lee, um, like they lived together for a while because Jakey Lee got hired to go tour with Ozzy, and so he taught Warren Demartini like the guitar parts so he could play on Out of the Cellar, um, which I thought was kind of cool. And uh, another favorite, Michael Schenker, toured with uh, um, Rat as well. Yeah, on he on the was Destinator the tour.
0: Robin Crosby's replacement, and yeah. he actually—I don't know if he actually plays <laughs> on the song. But I think you, do you see him in the video for uh, Nobody Rides for Free from the Point Break soundtrack? Because
2: they I made a know. video for
0: that. Uh, it's also, I think it's the last song on the Rat and Roll compilation. And uh, I'm trying to remember now, because I, I honestly, I didn't watch that video in preparation for this. Uh, I, didn't I didn't get either. that far out. But I do know that the, during that period, yeah, that Michael Schenker was in the group. So I don't remember if he was in the video or not. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but that, that was kind of cool. Some of the names that keep coming up, you know, uh, in, our, in, our, in our history. Yeah. Um, out of the Cellar was produced by Bo Hill. And um, he's come up
0: on this show before. He has come up because um, we did talk about the uh, we talked about Winger's first album. Mm-hmm. Uh, he produced uh, Warrant.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, he's got and he, and Kicks Kicks. contested, yeah. mother approved. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and Europe, and you know, another hair metal band. Um, yeah, the band originally wanted Tom Allum, who was a Judas Priest producer. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I associate him yeah. with some of
0: the early, some, some of the early 80s uh, Priest yeah. records.
1: Yeah, so Rat was not w- excited about working with Bow Hill, but uh, Atlantic Records made it a contingency that they had to work with him in order to get signed, so... Um, that was kind of a little bit controversial. And I read an interview with Bo Hill where he talked about how, like, at first the band were like, you know, we don't know what, what to make of you. We, we wanted somebody big. And he said he totally understood. Cause he's like, I was nobody. I mean, he had done some basic stuff, but nothing, nothing huge. This was his big breakthrough. Yeah. I, was, I, I, I listened
0: to an interview with him this morning and he did say that they, after, after that, they were pretty easy to work with. Yeah. Um, one of the cool little stories that he told that I heard was, uh, I guess Robin Crosby was coming into the studio one day. And he heard, uh, he heard Steven doing his vocal warm-ups and everything. Mm-hmm. And I guess he walked in and looked at Bo and said, you must be really good because that guy can't sing. <laughs> 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 so that is a thing that Robin
1: said once. <laughs> yeah, and uh, after working with Rat, um, Bo Hill ended up working like, with some heavyweights, like he did some Bob Dylan and Eric Clapton tracks. Um, but he mostly remained in the hair metal world, which is kind of cool. Um, and I, and I listened to a little bit of that podcast was, I don't know if it's the same one. I listened to one called full in bloom. Um, that had yeah, an, it an was interview. A piece of that, yeah. Okay. I had an interview with Bo Hill. Um, and it talks all about recording out of the cellar. If you guys want to, you know, you can Google it and it'll show up. It, it's, it's a good listen and it gives you a lot of history. There's some actual really good technical details in there from like, uh, um, from like, you know, I work a lot in studio land myself. And so like, you know, hearing him talk about some of the gear and some of the Pro Tools stuff that he does. I think
0: one of my questions would be like, why did you make his Toms sound like drum pads? Right. <laughs> because i mean you know i mean i've listened to a lot of 80s yeah. records and you don't always notice this but i you know I, I as wanted man was playing and you get one of those fills where he runs across the toms i was like yeah. those sound like drum pads yeah, a little <laughs> a little too perfect <laughs> like, Yeah, this they was, don't even have like any boom to them they're, yeah it, but i mean you, they're you know they're they're fine and all but yeah i just was like wow what a particularly 80s sound
1: yeah and these days they re- they do drum replacement stuff where they replace all the drum hits with like you know like samples and stuff. But this was not the case for back then. So they oh, they, no. they, re- they really tried to make it sound like drum pads. Um, when this album was released, uh, Rat toured and opened for ZZ Top, Ozzy and Billy Squire. And then the album took off, and then they got to headline tours themselves. And so- fun
0: factoid: this album came out the exact same day as Love at First Sting.
1: Oh, no kidding. Oh, yeah.
0: Another album that uh, I believe we are both fans of. Right. Yes, definitely. (laughs) That's one we got to (laughs) get to.
1: And I I feel like I'm going to massacre this name. The bassist Juan Crucier. That's how I, Crucier. Crucier. That's what I always said. Yeah. Uh, Was born in Cuba. And he did a stint in Quiet Riot with Randy Rhodes before Metal Health came out, which is, we just recently covered that. That's right,
0: he did. Because then he was also, he's he's the bass player on Breaking the Chains.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And then he played with Dokken. Uh, for a while, at the same time as with Rat. So
0: well, yeah, because he cause actually I, had to go back. Uh, that's a heavy hitter. Yeah, he had to go back and tour with Dokken like while he was a member of Rat for like contractual reasons. Yeah, and that's why uh, um, you get uh, uh, Joey Cristofinelli doing some co-writing on co-writing on one song on the record because he was just in the band long enough to help write one song yeah. and leave. Yeah. Uh, Warren D. Martini, uh, the guitar player, was also in
1: Dokken and we ended up doing it was he was in white snake for a little bit um I remembered
0: that part I forgot about Doc and that was like oh man when would that have been
1: like after shadow life right I think it was later yeah, yeah. um and he was briefly prepping to be in Dio but it turned out he did not get along with Dio so i thought you know huh. he and Ron, he and Ronnie James Dio didn't get along for some or musically anyway so uh, so he ended Do up not doing but that would have been a good fit i would have liked to have heard some Dio stuff with Warren D Martini that, that like yeah go places, uh and rats drummer Bob Blotzer, was also in Dockin, <laughs> which Jeez. I thought which I thought was an amazing connection
0: <laughs> yeah, I missed um, that one
1: and he also briefly played in Jeff Tate's solo band at post right Queensry- after Jeff yes, Tate got he kicked he out of uh Queensry- and uh, and also was a touring drummer for Montrose for a while
0: and he had a little side project in the nineties called Contraband with uh oh yeah, yeah, with uh let's see. It was like a it was super like group, Shanker and like yeah. Tracy Guns or something like that. I want to yeah. say uh, uh Cher Peterson. They made a record and went away real quick. Yeah, I remember that coming out and thinking,
1: "Wow, that's a super group," but I don't remember who all was in it or or much. I'll have to go back and take it's, a listen to it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: uh The the of course, round and round was the big single off of this album, um, and that video was a huge hit on MTV. Um, and partly it was a big hit because it featured Milton Burl.
0: Well yeah cuz they were signed um, to like a Burl Productions their yeah. manager yeah. in
1: yeah their manager was Milton Burl's
0: nephew. One uh, Mar- thing about that
1: Marshall is Marshall Burl
0: D. Martini actually got he not like full on injured, mm. but he kind of hurt himself in that video because they did, they couldn't afford a stunt double. Yeah, so the thing you see of him crashing through the ceiling, uh-huh. that's him actually doing it. Oh, he had actually to do did it he over st- and over. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't afford a stunt double. They spent all the money getting Milton Burl in the video. You know? just,
1: make, <laughs> just just make the guitar player do it. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. He's young.
0: He'll recover. Oh.
1: Um, and I, I kind of looked up uh, Marshall Burl because I was kind of curious. I was like, where did this guy come from? Um, and Marshall Burl, I mean, this is a bit of a tangent, but I thought it was pretty interesting. He uh, he was with the William Morris agency in 1960. Yeah, that sounds right. He signed the Beach Boys to a long-term agency contract and represented the band from the beginning of their career through 1965, which, wow. which is like the heyday of Beach Boys. dude, all right. <laughs> and then uh, during the 60s, He went on to be an agent for uh, Little Richard, Canned Heat, CCR, Spirit, Ike and Tina Turner, Taj Mahal, Rufus, and Marvin Gaye. Damn well, all
0: right. So he's like yeah. a real go-getter.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of wondered. It. I thought, like, oh, you know, is this guy just like a one-hit wonder? He came out and discovered Rat, and that was it. And oh yeah, you know, Rat that. was
0: my some knowledge, yeah. some total knowledge of of this particular Burl. Yeah, same. But now, do you suppose he had the same cock that is that Milton did? <laughs> Does it run in the family? I just, I have to ask. Yeah, if it was
1: been his son. I'd, I'd give you good odds, but as a nephew, I don't know. Right, <laughs> That's right. A little so far away. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if anybody doesn't know, just, I mean, be careful what you Google, I guess, but if you look up Milton Berle's cock, you'll find a lot of interesting showbiz stories there. <laughs> well, <that's>, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. The Buddy Hackett joke, just take out enough, enough to, to win. win.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, what's what's your memory of, of this album? Well, see, the thing, it's, it's funny because I didn't, you know, own a copy of this album until well into my 20s, but I, like, knew... And I thought I just knew, uh, you know, the the four singles on it. Mm-hmm. But so many of the more, so many other songs I've heard elsewhere. So I guess I knew somebody who had it or something because so many of the songs were like, oh yeah, I've heard that one before. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly it was one of the and like as far as owning it it's one of the last ones i acquired because i was always a big fan uh, dancing undercover was my favorite one mm-hmm. and like the first one i ever owned as a kid just because of the way time works was detonator because i was 10 years old when it came out so sure, you know i was sure. right in the right right house for that so this one i came to later and it's probably my second favorite uh after dancing undercover but um just because
1: that was your first? Yeah, because that was like the okay. first
0: one. But so that that's kind of mine. I kind of always knew a bunch of it, I guess. But I don't know. So, I mean, huh. how about you? I mean, you were, you know, coming up right when this was this yeah. like in the wheelhouse of a teenage guitar player, you know? Right.
1: Yeah, I was probably, what, 1984. That would have been. Uh, I would have been in high school. Uh, and I remember, you know, round and round. I loved the video. thought it was hilarious. I loved the song. thought it was great. Um, bought the tape of it, you know. Um yeah, that's that's about it though, really. I just you know, I listened to the tape over and over and really liked it. Um, but um yeah. Not not a I don't have any really great memory stories. <laughs> I just I remember seeing it and loving it and buying the tape and listening to it a lot. Um and it was right there with a bunch of the other stuff that I was listening to. So but this was like, you know, it was it was high school, so it was like early for me, you know, like in terms of like like my real like when I went to college like in nineteen eighty six. Seven is probably when I really, really got deep into hair metal music and, okay. and stuff like that. So, um, so to me, they were kind of like a pop rock band in the way that they came, much like the Scorpions were for
0: me at first. You know? well, yeah, I mean, because I hadn't, I didn't we don't know they, they any had any illusions. Pretty much all these right. bands were vying for the pop charts. So right, to say that right. they're not pop isn't exactly right. They accurate, wanted hits for maybe, sure. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's dig into the album here. Hell um, yeah. Um, uh, I I have to say overall, uh this record is pretty solid all the way through. Yeah, it, was it a, really
0: doesn't have weak spots.
1: No, it was nice to revisit it. I, I, you know, I'd listened to it a couple times. I just recently got it on vinyl myself, and so I've played it on the on the turntable, and, like, and I was, like, it was, like, visiting an old friend and stuff, but, like, you know, listening to it more analytically for the show, um, I was really surprised at how, like, every song really kind of has its place, pretty much. So. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's, it's well-crafted
0: as an album. I did think that... I mean, I love Wanted Man. Yeah. I just think it's a strange choice as lead off. Because it's like, yeah. Grant, they didn't have any ballads. They yeah. didn't have ballads on this record. But yeah. it is, I don't know, comparatively, say, chiller right. than some of the other songs, you know? Yeah, so I thought it, it was interesting, an interesting choice to lead off the album with.
1: Yeah, me too. Like, I, I mean, I'm surprised they didn't start out with Round and Round, you know, and just come out swinging. But oh, like, yeah. You know, but, uh, but yeah. Wanted Man uh, has really, I, I, like, I like the song. It has really cool, spacey, clean guitar strums. And then it immediately jumps into like a metal riff. And so it's like really pretty diverse for like the time. It's like, you know, there's, there's a lot of textures and things going on. Um, and I like, and and part of the reason I'm guessing they chose this as the lead is they refer to their, it's self-referential. They refer to themselves as this rat gang oh, in the Oh yeah, I suppose that kind so of that,
0: it's sort of an introduction type thing. Sure, yeah. sure. Like
1: like how Skid Row did on Youth Gone Wild. They go Park Avenue leads to Skid it, Row. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. So yeah, you
0: announce your yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah. And this and then this is the song that that fill in bass player actually was one of the writers on it. Oh okay okay. Um and it's. I think it's his only actual credit with Rat. Okay. But it's kind of cool that he was in it long enough to uh, compose like one of like the big songs, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it has a
1: really bitching Warren D. Martini solo on it too. I, you know, and, and this will be another thing that comes up throughout and all that's of these one songs. Of the <laughs> I was
0: wondering is, uh, I was kind of curious if your edition of Out of the Cellar had mm-hmm. an inner sleeve that, that like had lyrics or anything like that because a lot of times you know with these records they'll tell you who's playing the solo because yeah. they were both both of those dudes would play yeah. some solos and it's not noted in my copy I just had an Atlantic Records sleeve on the inside like a a generic Atlantic sleeve so it didn't have like lyrics or anything and oh you know they were big on doing like uh, here's who played the solo on this one here's who played the solo here and I do not have that yeah you're right, I'm making some assumptions oh here. you have the same sleeve as I do
1: I do it, with no I mean there's always a good it. chance yeah. that
0: it's uh that nah. it's Warren D Martini but yeah, I know because yeah. I mean like when you listen to some of the songs there's clearly two people soloing but i yeah. I don't know how it breaks down on this one you're, yeah you're right though that's kind
1: of a a I guess a prejudice on my part is i I respect Warren D Martini so much as a guitar player that I just assume he did all the solos um but that may not be the case so um just you know misinformation warning I guess on my part.
0: <laughs> yeah we don't exactly know who played each solo if anybody wishes to correct us in comments yeah. or messages, you are free to do so yeah yeah I feel like Warren D Martini is kind of an underrated player though I mean very
1: much so yeah the people who know him love him and get it and, and stuff like that but he's not one of those names that It doesn't come up as often as it should no I agree <laughs> uh, the second song you're in trouble um, this is one of the two remakes from the rat EP. Um, that they that came out before this, um, which. I guess we haven't talked about that yet. Uh, that EP sold 200,000 copies on just local hype, and they self-released it. Oh, yeah, because re- it came out on to... Time
0: Coast Communications, which was actually yeah. a Burl Company label, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, which is kind of nuts. It's like 200,000 copies on, a, on just a really small release that was all word of mouth and stuff. Uh, they were an incredibly popular local band, you know, where they were, and which is how they ended up getting signed and all that stuff. But uh, You're in Trouble is one of the two songs that they remade for the, for the album. Um there's a really nice modulation in the song right before the guitar solo, which I thought was cool. Um, and the guitar solo itself, of course, is very glorious. Um, I, just, I, I really <laughs> like the
0: bass tone on the song. Because, you know, yeah. during, that, like, during the verses, they like let just the bass just be the thing that drives it. And I really like the sound on it.
1: It does sound really mm-hmm. good. Yeah, and yeah, and I think the guitar solo is one of the best on the record. Really, with this, it has like this nice ascending run at the end. That's just like really, like you know, showing off his chops, and it brings you right back into the chorus the way a good hair metal song should. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are correct. <laughs> uh, and then the third song on it is "Round and Round." This is a super classic. I don't know if there's really a whole lot to say about it that hasn't been said. Um, no, no, it's just, it's very familiar. I said
0: um, I said people not even born yet know this song, right? <laughs> but it does. I will say it does do a good job of like True. when you listen to the solo, you can actually like at least at the end of it, you can hear that they do the little tandem, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. harmony solo that you know that makes Iron mm-hmm. Maiden so cool. Um, yeah, so you yeah. get a little bit of harmony solo at the end, which is or at the end of the solo, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I once saw a. Uh, this is kind of a memory thing. Uh, uh
1: Henry Rollins did a spoken word thing about the song. I was at song. that. Did I saw that. Yeah, he was yeah. he was talking about going
0: to see Rat. Yeah, he talked about going to see Rat. And this Rat. would have been the era of Rat when uh Jizzy Pearl was their vocalist. Mhm. Just based on the time span that he was talking about it. Yeah, I remember that yeah. and it was an interesting Rat lineup. Yeah, yeah. He did
1: a, he did an in-depth analysis of the lyrics to the song and how it was like, you know, something for the ladies and something for the guys and, and all this stuff in there. Um Yeah, and uh, this was this song. We talked about the Geico ad, but this song was also recently used in an episode of Stranger Things. So,
0: oh, far out! It's
1: one of those that, like, you hear it, you just kind of you know you
0: perk up a little bit and go, yeah.
1: Round and round,
0: (laughs) and it was in The Wrestler for all you Darren Aronofsky fans out there. That's right. Yeah, I haven't. I have not seen that movie,
1: so I need to check that out just for just for the soundtrack alone. Apparently, you know it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The next song is "In Your Direction." the thing I liked about this song a lot is how the vocal melody kind of pushes and pulls with the groove, like the melody doesn't just like ride along with the groove, it kind of pushes and pulls with it, which I thought was really cool. Um, this song reminds me a little bit of Aerosmith in some ways, where it's kind of bluesy
0: but also very melodic. like I like the intro effect where the intro makes you sound like it, makes it sound like it's <laughs> going to be a faster song than it actually yeah, is and then yeah. it gets into that mid-paced groove during the whole thing.: Yeah. I do see this is actually one that um, Steven had from his Mickey Rat days. Oh, this one was too. Yes. And okay. actually if you listen if you listen to it, you can kind of tell that it it dates from from like prior okay. songwriting and that it was written before the idea of Robin Crosby and Martini just because okay. I don't know just you like when you sit down and consider the scope of the album and you get to this song and you compare it to the songs before and after, you can tell it's written by an earlier iteration of a band. Yeah it just ha- it just has something about the like yeah. the progression the way they do the chords and everything cuz like a lot of the ones that are clearly written when when Crosby and DeMartini are in the band you get a little bit more intricate guitar play even in yeah. like the basic riffs and stuff and mm-hmm. this one's like a little little blockier you know a little okay. bit more throwback to 70s almost in its sound
1: right definitely yeah and and i like the guitar solo goes over a different part um that goes through a modulation again which I, which seems to be kind of a staple of their sound i think um, doing a
0: modulated solo
1: yeah yeah it's like all of a sudden it's like let's shift up and now there's a guitar solo and it's so like it, it's kind of yeah. a peak it's, it's it's a good trick it's a really good trick and um yeah. but yeah i thought the 70s influence made me think that you know it's, it sounds very aerosmithy in some ways um Uh the next song, She Wants Money. Um, this is a fun little ditty about prostitution. My first note was sure, like you don't, Juan. Right. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And this was kind of Aerosmithy too. Like this is is. these two songs in a row seem like Aerosmithy too. And I do see
0: that Juan was the sole composer of this song. Oh wow, okay. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and this it's kind of a blues romp, which reminds me of Aerosmith a little bit. Um, and for me, this is the song where, when I was listening to it, um, you know, with my analytical ears on, I thought, is this kind of a lull in the record? Um, but then we hit like a nice run of tunes right after this that are all
0: bangers. I mean, arguably, (laughs) yes. Like, I I guess if we were going to say that there was a lull spot, that's as close as you get. It's still a decent tune and all, but you know, it's, it's,
1: yeah, yeah, I don't dislike it or anything. There's a bunch of stuff around it that sort of towers over it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and speaking of which the next song, Lack of Communication, this one's one it's one of my favorites on the it's album. It's
0: probably one of my favorite riffs on the album. Just yeah. Uh it's a cool ass riff. Yes, it <laughs> really is. And yeah. I also noticed the solo and it's really weirdly short. It is very short, yeah. It's, it's like, like it's a- like four bars of solo or something like that, and then there's right back uh, to it. Yeah. And so when I heard that, I was like sitting here going, Do I not remember this song that well? There's like another solo break, right? Where they have like the longer, yeah. like, you know, twelve bar, sixteen bar solo, right? Nope. Yeah. And it just goes back through, like, you know, we're going to hit another verse. And I like the structure of the choruses. It's kind of an interesting, like... I don't know, the, the structure yeah. of this song, like, is clearly, like, one of... Like, like, I don't know where it sits in, like, their composition history. Yeah. But it feels, like, a lot tighter and a lot more, like, constructed than a lot of the songs. It does, you know, yeah. the way the parts flow. So it feels to me like, you know, yeah. they have the band together. They're really rolling. They're all really rolling. And this was, like, their, you know, we've really worked to put all these parts together. That's my... Th- Feeling yeah. on it anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, and I thought like the the lyrics are cut above too. Like on this song where they're they're talking about the frustrations of being understood and trying to understand one another. That that you know that's like not typical. You know, we we've, right. you know, we've it's got a like prostitute songs and we've got evil women songs and all this. You yeah, know, that, we already all the, know the prostitute all the, songs. We already know yeah. the,
0: the evil women songs yeah, It's, it like was,
1: a staple of the eighties. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've had all of, all of these you know tropes that like are are hair metal songs and then this one's sort of like hey let's you know why can't we communicate well? <laughs> so. So I liked that, and yeah, but that song is really awesome. And uh, Back For More, the next one, this is another one of my favorite songs Great on the song. album. Great
0: intro. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and this is like another one of the remakes from the first EP.
0: Because the first EP doesn't have that cool intro.
1: Yeah, that sweet acoustic guitar intro. And it's
0: like, that's clearly two acoustics like playing mirrored parts, yep. isn't it? Yep, it is.
1: Yeah, it is, but it starts out with acoustic, but it's not a ballad, because then it goes immediately super heavy. Right.
0: <laughs> it's like, all right, now that this intro's over, we're just going to rock the fuck out, and yeah. it does. Yeah,
1: yeah. And there's a couple of great guitar solos on this tune, so making up for lost time. It, it,
0: the, the, the sort of the riff progression, the, the way the riff works, it does sound a lot like Round and Round kind of, yeah. but I actually think this one's kind of a little bit better than Round and Round, I honestly. do too, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah this, this is another one of my favorite ones on, on the album. And I can't, I, I was looking at the lyrics, I can't entirely tell what it's about. It seems to be about an abusive relationship, maybe. I, I really don't know.
0: Right. I mean, you know, I think you know, even even maybe some of the bands would be the first ones to tell you don't don't dig too hard. Right. Yeah. You know. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, we're not trying to tell a story, but you know. Uh, And then after that,
1: we have the morning after, uh, which is one of the heavier tunes on the album.
0: Yeah, it's like it actually has, like, a gallop to it. It does. A ga- I, that's that's one of the, my note was, like, holy shit, yep. this song gallops. That's what I wrote. It gallops along really nicely pretty and much the whole time. The, it has, like, Juan's, like, busiest <laughs> bass work on the whole album, too. Because yeah. usually he's pretty, you know, chill back there, yeah. keeping that thing locked down. But he's got, like, that gallopy... Yeah, broom, broom. yeah it's pretty sweet. man. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I thought this was a really cool tune. I thought this could have been another single, really. I think you can actually tell that the, the, the guitar players were the ones who wrote most of this song. Okay. Cuz like the the it it's credited to DeMartini, Crosby and Piercy. So I'm assuming Piercy mm-hmm. probably handled the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And I think you can kind of k- tell that it's like a guitar player song just the way it's structured it's a little faster. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I I actually during this song was like I like centered myself in front of the stereo to try to see if I could like find the right channel, left channel guitar <laughs> just cause what, nice. if it, as written by the guitar players. Is it going to be more intricate where there's less yeah. like, we're just going to do twin guitars and I'm going to do this little part and you're going to do this little part. And yeah, yeah. So I think you can actually, you can tell if this one was like a guitar player composition. yeah
1: um, and I couldn't, this was another one where I, I went through the lyrics. I, it seems to be a, about a one night stand. Maybe I can't really tell. It's like, he's trying to convince a
0: girl to have a one night stand with him. I think. It's know. sort of like Faith No More's song, The Morning After, but way, way different and actually yeah. not the same at all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but with a very similar title. That's right. <laughs> uh, and then we're rounding out towards the end. We're on the ninth track, I'm Insane, um, which also has a nice gallop and is also very
0: melodic. Yeah. And this is one of the songs. Actually, uh, Robin wrote this with his, one of his previous bands and brought okay. it into Rat. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it doesn't stick out because this one and the next song are both songs that Robin had from his from a previous band that he brought mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mentioned, you know, it's like kind of crazy that the like the two most rocking songs, "The Morning After" and "I'm Insane," like the big rockers, they stuck yeah. way at the end of side yeah. two. It's like, man, you really, you really held back some of your aces, man. That's what I thought too. Yeah, I bet uh,
1: I'm insane. I, I, I made a note that I, I bet this one would be awesome live because it has like so much energy to it. Just, oh, yeah, man. If you were to yeah. come
0: out firing like with this, if you opened right. your – I mean, that might be kind of weird or something, but opening with that, I think it would be pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, and then we
1: wind up the record with Scene of the Crime, which is – we talked about the evil woman hair – Oh, metal boy. Trump. This That's one gets a rough. My first note was, did you really have to bring a gun into this, Robin? Right. <laughs> That's getting a little weird. Yeah. But, so the lyrics are not my favorite thing. I feel like the evil woman uh, – you know staple in music in general is a little overdone, uh, but the song itself is is some really good rock and roll.
0: But I mean, this one, and this one is to me, like you can totally tell this came from an earlier band of Robbins because everything yeah. about it sounds a little bit different than all the other songs on the record. Yeah. Like even the backing vocals kind of sound a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and just... Everything seems so much more major key in this song than the other songs. Yeah. And just some of the moves and some of the lyrical or, like, the, the, the melodic approach of the vocals, you can tell it comes from, an, like, an earlier band almost. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It I, like, I'd never thought about it because I'd never actually, like, analyzed this stuff before as I was sitting down listening yeah. to it. And now, you know, when you sit down and, and you hear that it's from one of his other bands, you can really tell that it was. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. It does sound
1: different, so... Yeah, I wonder if they were like scrambling for material or something, or I don't know. Well,
0: you know, I mean, well, there's there's two re-recorded songs from the Rad EP, yeah, one you're song right. from the Mickey Red <laughs> era and two songs from the early. So you know, they're yeah. just putting together a record. I get it, you know. Yeah. Um, I know uh, from the interview that apparently Bo Hill and Juan did most of the backing vocals on this record. Oh, okay. The only time that you actually get uh uh, uh Robin doing backing vocals is uh. Like a lack of communication that has like a the overall like lower that gang uh, vocal. notes. Yeah. yeah, the lower gang vocals is when you get is when you get Robin and Warren, but for the most part, it's Juan and uh, Bo Hill doing the backing vocals. Very cool. So yeah, yeah who knew, right? Huh.
1: Yeah, um, that's that's all I had for my notes for this record. Do you have anything else?
0: Um, that's about all I had. Um, although a funny story is around the same time, uh, I, I found an interview with Robin where he mentioned that him. And Nikki Six and Vince were part of a drinking team called the Gladiators in, in <laughs> L.A. because they were known to all hang out together and get very inebriated. Wow. And, uh,
1: Those are some hard partiers, too. I can only imagine. Yes, <laughs>
0: it uh, probably got kind of rough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, my my liver hurts just thinking about it. Right, I can't imagine what it'd be like just with Vince Neil alone sitting down drinking him. Ooh. drinking with him. That'd be one of my friends yeah. saw Motley Crue at uh, Hilton Coliseum when they were touring. I think it was Theater of Pain or something like that. And uh, he mentioned that at one point they passed around one of those big old Texas fifths of Jack Daniels. They passed it around the band members. It made it around the band one time, and the bottle was gone. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't know how you keep playing after
0: that. <laughs> you have to be in Motley Crue. Right, yeah. I think it's actually a requirement.
1: Cool. Well, let's take a short break and then we'll bring on our special guest. All <laughs> All right, welcome back to Hair Metal Memories, and we have our special guest with us today. Our guest today is Melissa May. Say hi, Melissa.
2: Hi, Melissa.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can can you tell our our listeners a little bit about yourself?
2: Um, I am uh, a somewhat average human being, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That's very descriptive. I'm a teacher. (laughs) I'm a teacher. Yeah. Yeah, so... And summer vacation, not to rub it in. That's but right. It is. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: you just finished a school year. And what a weird school year too.
2: Woo!
1: Yeah, so congratulations on surviving a pandemic school year.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I bet
1: it was I bet it was super hard. I I've talked to a few teachers about like this kind of stuff and like, you know, I, it doesn't sound like it was probably very fun. So So no. thank you. And thank you for educating.
2: Well. <laughs> we made it fun We made it count Yeah
1: <laughs> Nice Nice uh, So Melissa is a big fan of this album
2: Yes I am yeah.
1: So tell us uh, what What's your story with this album?
2: Oh Okay That brings me back And ages me um, My <laughs> summer My senior year what, my what year would that be? 1987 Okay Uh huh same. Yes. So. I, know, I know. Strength, strength in numbers. I know. it. B-52 all yep. the way. Um, I, I had been working uh, a couple of summer jobs, and one was at the Pizza Hut in Independence, which I grew up in a small town just out in the country. Um, and there's a fairway in town, and I met these guys from fairway, and I... Probably they were in the meat market or whatever, but they Yeah Meat Market. Yeah. yeah but no. they would come in on their days <laughs> off. Fairway doesn't work on Sunday. So anyway, I started hanging out with these guys from independence. Well, they came to pick me up one day on their day off on a Sunday when I had a day off at my parents' house. Uh-huh. And I don't know how my parents let me go or why, but bless their hearts.
1: They're like, oh, she's a senior, screw it. She's
2: fine. <laughs> she's wholesome. Iowa farm girl. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I got in the back seat of this big Bonneville, and we took off down the road, and that's what we listened to all day.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
2: As we road tripped.
0: <laughs> nice.
2: Along old, old, old Highway 20. Okay. And it was a shit show. Oh, yeah? It was great. It was, it was fantastic.
1: Why was it um, a shit show?
2: Um, well, because I made some shitty decisions, maybe. Okay. <laughs> the, the story's
1: getting interesting. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, but I,
2: you know, yeah. came out of it unscathed.
1: Okay. Much. Good. So we have a happy ending. I we mean a very happy ending. Do you mind sharing what some of your decisions were? <laughs> okay,
2: okay. Well, uh I just I knew uh it was gonna be a fun day. Uh huh. Um, on this particular Sunday. Um they handed me a a twelve pack of Bud Light, Drink of Choice. Nice. And I sat in back of the driver and we just listened to this album over and over and over again. And and it was crazy. We ended mm-hmm. up uh, on the golf course playing Truth or Dare. On <laughs> <And>, the golf course. <laughs> and I said, okay, boundaries, rules. And mm-hmm. you know how boundaries are. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to take my clothes off or make out with anybody.
1: Yeah, good boundaries.
2: Okay, thanks. So I, end, I ended up taking it Dare. And it was Steel. The, or take the, maybe not steal. I shouldn't say that. I'm a teacher. <laughs> oh, I do Re- not to no, no. You're going to relocate
1: items. Okay, take them back.
2: Erase that part. Um, but somehow I ended up uh, taken off running with a, uh, one of the flags from like hole six. <laughs> from hole six. Okay. And I just like, we all ran. I think I was in my underwear. But. So uh, a boundary was right uh, crossed. Yeah, but, it, you know, just up to, right up to the edge yeah. of the boundary. Right? Yeah. Ah! Okay, maintaining control. So, but I'm running in my underwear on the golf course, and I threw the flag into the Bonneville. We all piled in, and then they dropped me off at my parents' house. And I woke up in the morning. My mom said, you're in trouble.
0: <laughs> Missy.
2: <laughs> what the hell is this flag doing here and where'd you get it and i was like oh mama, mama. it it was funny it was funny yeah. it was a dare i it, uh, <laughs> missy missy that's illegal <laughs> you could get arrested uh uh, we di- I did it. Yeah. So that's good news, but a bit of foreshadowing. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Later that summer, then it. Huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Scene of the crime: Independence. It was something about Independence.
1: Oh wow. Yeah. Because like, was it related to the flag or something else?
2: It was related to yeah related related to the independence of being able to make my own choices and Okay, try to okay. Good. make better choices. But understood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I made really crappy choices, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I had the flag. So I told my parents I was going to be on your show and they said, "Missy." I'm <laughs> uh, like, "Mom, I'm 52. Missy. Don't talk about that." <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to talk about the flag.
0: Okay, oh. well now now yeah, that makes and it I even said, better.
2: I, I feel like uh, yeah, we're getting an expose. I am. <laughs> and Missy, you could get, and I said, you think I could get in trouble?
0: Yeah. I'm
1: sure there's a statute mama, of limitations for no, this kind of stuff. Yes, <laughs>
2: absolutely. And so she's like, oh, are you sure? And so I get these random texts and uh, that's what they say. So oh, don't, are, have you been, have you done the podcast? yet?" <laughs> and I'm like, no, mama. I've been, no, mama. I've been good. Don't worry. Well okay, well, you don't have to say all that. And I said, I know. <laughs> I, know. I said, we'll see what comes spilling out. But now. I might. yeah. And, and, and then here, here, it we here we are. yeah. Here we are. But pretty innocent. It's That's awesome. pretty innocent. I told you really, I, I did not you know? take off my clothes. I did not make out with anybody. Yeah. But I did steal. Yeah. I borrowed it. I was planning yeah. on putting it back, and I think I did. Yeah. I th- I'm sure I did.
1: Oh, did you put I, it back?
2: Yeah, one late one night, one yeah. other night, not with the Independence Boys, wow. but
1: yeah. Well, that's that's pretty impressive, really, that you took yeah. it back. I mean, but most, most people I just was, say screw it and yeah, not, you
2: know, exactly. So I trespassed again. <laughs> yeah, to when do reverse I, stealing. yes reverse stealing. I thought, well, if I walk backwards, does that count too? You know, yes. Right. Going, hey, Absolutely. This yes. really Just, shouldn't yep. have happened. I'm yeah. so sorry. You undid it. Okay, yeah. I undid it. Uh-huh. Felt bad.
1: Well, was there another flag already there? Had they replaced it in the meantime? Yes. Oh, they did. Okay.
2: So but just,
0: then they had two, so they could they have had two, two yes. holes on that course, just on that particular, think, on the sixth hole, you know, just for or, fun. Or, or turn it upside
1: down if, in case the ninth hole doesn't have sure, a fight. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and I
2: think
0: I... I don't yeah. golf, I don't know how it works. <laughs> that sixth
2: hole, though, I, I think there was something about that because I got a message on Facebook from an ex, and he said, Missy, so golf courses remind me of you. And I said, <laughs> that? He said... Oh, thanks. I guess whole six whole six doesn't mean as much to you as it does to me. And oh. I was like, what happened on whole huh. six? I was like, was that that's where did I we put that flag back?
1: Okay, okay. then
2: he was with me. Run, uh-huh. it, run, oh it. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Put it back, and then who then I don't remember. Yeah. She, Mama's listening. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Is your mom gonna listen to this podcast? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I was gonna say hi to your mom, but like no.
2: Maybe. Yeah. If if she okay. happens to like check it out, hi, okay. Yeah, hi, let's hi, give hi, it hi, a hi, shot. Hi, hi, mom. hi mom, sorry mom. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It was all a long time yeah. ago. I love you. We, You're the best. We're all older and
0: lamer now, and we just get we get wasted yeah. in, in She in did. Our own
1: home.
2: And I don't yes, I don't do anything like she, that. She
1: she didn't want to talk about this, and we made we made her. And ma- yeah. We, t- we totally forced her to talk
2: Missy. about this. <laughs> yes, they twisted my arm, yeah. Mama. Yeah. Promise.
0: So you- we said we wanted a rock and roll story. That's and we right. Got yeah. it. You yeah. got it. Yeah. yeah. You gotta, yeah.
2: So rock you had you had never
1: heard the Rat album before that backseat, basically.
2: Uh, was I that- had, but oh, that had? was just my most memorable because I don't okay. know how long that fun okay. day lasted, but okay. we listened to it over and over again, and so it just triggers me. Yeah, and I just I'm like transported back in in the back seat of that yeah. of that Vonneville. Is, is it a is it a f-
1: is it a fun memory? Yes, it's a great. Okay, memory. I was gonna say, it sounds like a fun time. So oh,
2: absolutely, yep. So shout out to Fairway too. Woo yeah. woo.
1: Yeah. So did you did you like the album? I guess is another thing. Oh or, yes, Or, 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 I'm sorry. or did yes. you or did I... you feel subjected to it after so many no.
2: times? No, no. no.
1: Okay,
0: because yeah, really, that's the thinking kind of go either way i've had like all day exposure to albums before and i don't always end up yeah. liking Dep- it. Dep- yeah. depends on the album absolutely <laughs> so, and I, I think i've had a positive association good.
2: with that music and so it just like it just puts takes me back is what yeah. it does like Whoa. yeah yeah round and round you're in trouble yeah so, <laughs> not good I think we listen, We we listened to Rat. We listened to other albums, but yeah. that was mostly that. Was was mostly like, that one. Yeah, mostly that one. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why. The driver was into it. Apparently. I think the driver was into it. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Cool. Well, uh, thank you very much for being on our show. Oh we appreciate my
2: gosh. it. Gosh, I was so nervous. She <laughs> was pretty
1: you. nervous. So, like, uh, but I, but do you feel less nervous now? It's yes. pretty easy, right? We're just talking. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Yeah. And can I, may I may I share what what I'm looking at right sure, now? Sure, sure. Okay. So on the microphone, I had said earlier, like, uh, Brian, was it you ask? You had asked, how can I help you to make. Yeah. Make you feel less nervous and i said well if you put a smiley face on the mic that might help and it just that's what i was that's what i would do uh-huh. like for as a teacher which <laughs> i'm a very wholesome teacher of course um and so he did that he and came now in he has and, one
0: extra special pop filter yep
2: and i'm like oh hello smiley face yep <laughs>
0: yeah, i'm glad it worked
2: and then these two guys woohoo <laughs> I'm not worthy I'm not worthy seriously
0: respect the hell out of you both thank no. you We're thank you so much you Thanks so that much. awesome
1: alright and thank you guys for listening and we will be talking to you soon
0: see ya <laughs>